Okay, I'm just going to start off by saying some people think that gray magic, this idea of super in quotes gray magic, is this idea of magic that doesn't cause harm, but also doesn't cause good. It's like this in between place of like, I doesn't hmm. do anything. Well, why the hell are it you doing magic? doesn't do anything. <laughs> why the hell? What the hell are you doing magic for if it doesn't do anything, negative or positive? Just going to bang my head against my microphone. <laughs> Light from Lantern presents Knit a Spell. I'm magical maker, Katie Rempe. And I'm the maker of magic, James Devine. Join us as we stitch together the symbiotic relationship between crafting and the craft. <laughs> I don't know if you can hear that. For those of you just joining... Uh... <laughs> Welcome to Knit a Spell. This episode is on not gay magic, gray magic. That's right. Gay magic is a lot more colorful. Hey, maybe we should have that one in on, in, in June for Pride Month. Oh, yes. Okay. Gay magic. Let's set that up. Okay. Making a note, everyone. <laughs> gray magic is something I wanted to specifically talk about because the color in general is a neutral. And so I was curious what does that mean the magic is neutral too? And as we were just saying, what the hell does that even mean? So how can magic be neutral without it being nothing? That's sort of uh, what we're jumping into today because we don't believe it's an act of doing nothing. I personally think that the gray magic is more of a balancing act, knowing that, you know, the, the positive and the negative, the light and the shadow, the malevolent, the benevolent, they all exist. So it's up to you to find, you know, where your line is and the path and you're balancing in between the two. Hmm. What do you think? I'm an Aries. I'm like, take a fucking stand and do shit. So I, I, <laughs> There's no gray area for you. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I mean, no, I mean. There's always a gray, I, I think of gray area as in a different way. I think of a spectrum and that everything lives on a spectrum of there is no black or white, if you will. There is no uh, all or nothing hmm. um, completely. There is, there are, there are extremes, but everything is on a sort of spectrum, mm-hmm. but you're like the idea that we are going to sort of like find a perfect sort of like middle ground all the time is Mm. sort of a fallacy to me. And I think that there is instead a, it's okay to say, look, here is where I'm going to plant my stake Mm -hmm. and I'm willing to move my stake based on more information. I'm willing to discuss and be open. And mm-hmm. it's just where I'm planting my stake. It's not where I'm like cementing my stake. And I think that there's like, that I can move along the spectrum and I can like discuss. I, I bristle at the idea of being too, um, what's the mm. word? Like passive? Too, yeah. Maybe that's what it <laughs> is. Maybe there's too much of the like, um, uh, passiveness or passive aggressiveness mm. or like the two, like, um, I don't want to, I, I don't want to take a stand or I don't want to like, you know, I, uh, I, I, am I don't want to a- offend anyone. So I can't really have any loud opinions on things. Well, so yeah. here's, here's what I think. I, I understand what you're saying. And like, you're like, oh, there's no middle, but I think knowing what your personal, like 
balance area helps you then kind of um, enjoy exploring the spectrum from there yeah. because then you kind of know where to return to if you're like, oh, whoa, okay, I'm, I'm way off of like my, my area here. I need to come back a little bit and gain some composure or, or not get a little more crazy because I've been doing too much, that kind of a thing. It's uh, what, what I think is really hilarious is that we started out this episode on gray magic totally not in the space of like gray magic. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. Well, and maybe we're already, that's, we're, we started out this episode fighting about it. Yes. There's nothing <laughs> neutral about the topic of gray magic. No, it's very polarizing. <laughs> the topic of gray magic is very polarizing. The irony, the irony. <laughs> well, so, so maybe we should take a, take a second. Let's take a step back. Let's, Let's think for a minute, sort of like we did in our last episode. What comes to mind when you think of just the color gray? Gray. Jim. Death. Gray to me. Oh, death. Okay. Um, but That's also fine. like little fuzzy bunnies. Oh, yeah. So cute. Yeah. Um, and little like, they don't have fur yet, like baby animals. Oh, yeah. Kind of ugly. I always think of things like, um, like the cold, the, or like the moon, or like gray hair, which is something I'm rocking right now. Fabulous, I'm fabulous. To do anything about it? Um, Aren't you smoke. still in your twenties? How do you have gray hair? I am in my <clears throat> oh, okay. mid thirties, but I appreciate that, Jim. Yeah. Oh, and, smoke. Yeah, that's yep. good. Smoke is gray. Yeah. Mm. You know, in some areas of North America, in March, March sixteenth, in North America. There's still slush. The leaves haven't started out yet. Mm. Um, and everything is gray. I think in like the Midwest of the United States, we think of that more in February. There's those days where it's like, I remember this in Ohio in mm -hmm. February. The The roads are slush and everything is gray. The yes. sky is gray. The trees are gray. There's no the grass. The cars are gray. <laughs> the cars are gray because no one can wash their cars. Everything is gray. It's yes. awful. Everything is gray. Yeah, I think of that. Yeah. And so from that example, I, um, gray as like a color in the color magic spectrum can sometimes symbolize invisibility. And this is a great example. Um, friends of mine had a gray Jeep in Ohio, Ohio, not the sunniest of States. That could be their tagline. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and it turns out when you live in a gray state, and have a gray car, people will not see your car and will hit you. Um, they, I think, had like close to a dozen car accidents on this car because people, like it kept getting rear-ended and the place that they would take it back to get fixed kind of had like a running joke about it. Be careful of the car color you pick in the environment that you're in. Yeah, there we in Seattle Never. has the same uh, amount of precipitation as Cleveland, Ohio. Um, just so happens. It's just that none, far less of it in Seattle is frozen. But yes. the precipitation is very similar. <laughs> Good call, yes. Um, so yeah, we often are, we had a gray car, a gray Saab for a long time. And we always drove with the lights on, even in the daytime. Because oh, you like, now cars have daytime running lights, but like, it's like, yeah, 
the next car we got was a red car because I was like, you know what? <laughs> yes. Every car I've ever owned has been very brightly colored because then it's definitely the other person's fault. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's don't yellow, do an invi- Don't do an invisibility spell when uh, when you're driving. Do yes. it other times. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, great. <laughs> so there are positive and negative ideas around gray. So gray is very polarizing. Yes. Yep. Ironically. Again, it's a... Uh, it complements color, but too much of it can just be depressing. So right. like gray with a hot pink, fabulous. Two hot pinks, burn out all your cones in your eyes. Yeah. Two just all gray, you won't even look at it. You won't even yeah. notice what it is. So if we think about nefarious or manipulative magic, mm. the color gray can be very, very useful. This is where people can slip into the shadows or be Mm. unseen or really kind of get under and like sort of occur. And we see this in, in movies, but certainly in, you know, manipulative or, or malevolent. Some Mm. people might associate this with malevolent magic. I like to say manipulative magic, you know, one might use this idea of gray or gray magic. Um, And, and one could say that gray magic sometimes is, Oh, is that, is that magic that, we might say is on the edge of being positive or negative. Like you're in the gray zone or the, it's a gray area. Like it's not exactly negative. It's not, it's not a hex or a curse, but it's skating the line. You're not telling a lie, but you didn't tell the whole truth. It's a gray area. So people sometimes can be practicing magic in a way that is like not fully terrible but isn't fully positive either in Mm. in the common sort of sense of like what would be a good or bad sort of dichotomy and so you can kind of you you can kind of see sort of like one of those ways that the word gray magic is used in Mm. common parlance so they will um it's like if someone you know, is at the grocery store and weren't charged for something or were able to sneak the thing on the bottom of the cart and you know knew with intent knew that they probably wouldn't get charged for that thing. And then, you know, got away with it and mm. they like did a little spell on it to have the cashier not see it. And that worked, mm. you know, that might be seen as gray magic. That's one of the ways you could use that term. Sure. Um, another way to use that term is the idea of I do magic that doesn't harm and does like is completely non-manipulative, either negative mm. or positive, which then I would don't know if that's even called magic because the I, my definition of magic is to like shift reality or to move things one way or another. Yeah. Um, so that's, you know, a weird definition of magic to me, but it, that is a definition that's out there. If you Google gray magic, there's a couple of different ways to sort of think about this idea of gray magic. But yeah, the other thing is sort of achieving that, neutrality, balance, or invisibility. And I think that what you said at the top of the show around achieving a balance or being on a spectrum Mm. and sort of thinking about the gray area, there's always this spectrum of like, how do I move or how do I grow and change and transform my -hmm. different, you know, perspectives. Yeah. So I think those are ways that we're really, if we're, you know, finally out of our joking phase and get into like, what do we really mean about this? I think those are some of the things we mean Uh, is what I'm thinking. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. And I even thought 
you know, gray magic, what's to stop that from meaning being like a shadow worker? You know, I mean, I see that as being, quote, gray, the shadows, right? It's kind of a different lighting situation. How do you define shadow worker? What does that mean? For me, um, sort of exploring the less positive aspects of certain qualities, you know, either about yourself or the situation, um, which I find I like doing. I don't mind uncovering that kind of stuff and working through things. I find it to be very powerful knowing when, you know, your personality is shifting into the less positive aspects is a great way to kind of help you again, recenter it. But it could also be, you know, maybe you're a tarot reader or palm reader and you're helping other people with their shadow work, you know, their problems, issues, whatever things that they're not either choosing not to deal with or aren't really aware of yet. And you're helping them bring them to light. Um, They're unseen. They're unseen like issues and things Mm -hmm. they can't see their shadow. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. That's a great way to think about it is working on their shadow and doing shadow work. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's excellent. Yeah. Yeah. So checking where your uh, Saturn it lies in your chart if you're into that kind of thing is also a great way to see what your personal shadow work might be in this life mine's in scorpio which is like (laughs) great hi so so i learned everything the hard way (laughs) yeah that's right (laughs) but knowing that cannot remember where mine is and i don't have my chart ready so yeah no next time in the second half let's come back around and we'll talk about a little bit more ways to make and work magic with gray Okay, great. I'll try not to start off the second half with fighting words. Well, I mean, maybe we should. I don't know. It could be great. Uh, uh, Maybe it won't be. All right, stick around. We'll be right back. Hey, Knit a Spell listeners. It's Katie. Are you interested in a new knitting pattern that will help you knit with intent? Well, then get ready because the self-love cowl has arrived and kits are available from UU Yarns. Whether you're knitting for self-love, abundant luck, healing comfort, joyous empowerment, or even robust romance, there's a colorway option for you. Go ahead and check out all of the options of this fun and interesting cowl that you can knit with intent to have a little magic worn around you at all times. It also makes a great gift. Whether you're knitting one for yourself, knitting one for a friend, or simply looking to learn more, you can do so by visiting lightfromlantern.com. Happy knitting, magical makers. Hey, Jim, I was just on your website and I saw that you have an option for readings. Are you doing more than just palm readings now? I have started offering tarot readings in addition to palm readings. (gasps) Yes, finally. You can find information about tarot readings or palm readings on my website, thedivinehand.com. Both are available virtually anywhere in the world. Or if you live in the Seattle area, I am seeing clients in person as well. Thedivinehand.com. That's where you can go to learn more. And we're back. Let's talk about how color can be used in magic and in making. Yes. But first, let's define what the what value is in color, because I think that's really important to define just because a lot of people, again, aren't aware of color and how we perceive it. So value is defined as the relative lightness or darkness of a color white and black having the greatest contrast of value. Oh, I thought the the value was how much you liked me. (laughs) Yes. How much do you like black or white? And that's the color gray you'll get. Uh, (laughs) I mean, as an oil painter, we always think about the darkness and lightness of something. It's very 
and I just think about it in painting, mm-hmm. how important that is. Um, and how it really creates illusions of in a two-dimensional image, it really creates the illusion of, of perspective and yeah. it aids in sort of like what comes forward is bright and what falls back is dark. Yep. And even if you're watching this on YouTube or on Instagram, my backdrop is darker than me. I'm illuminated. And that's why you can see me as forward and you can see the wall behind me as in the back. If I step back, you know, I'll fade into the background. And we even mm-hmm. say that, oh, he faded, she, he faded into the background. And yeah. there's these ideas that really talk about that. Mm-hmm. Well, just think about, like, if you're ever up really early, and I know you and I are both early morning people, if you get up really early, right when the sun's like not even up, but you can see things, everything looks gray, you know, there's no color to anything yet. And that's really mind boggling. Because again, yeah. that's the power of light interacting also, with things. And it also looks 2D. Yeah. There's so many times where things just look like they're flat. Mm. Like you're, you look at a scene, you look at the scene and you're like, it looks two dimensional, like a painting. Yeah. Like a backdrop. Looks, and yeah. then as the light comes up, you start to see the three dimensional nature to it. And that's always been fascinating to me for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. yeah. I have to wonder brief side tangent if color is just light, I mean like white and black are almost like, the two voids on either side. So like if something's totally white, it's really hard to see if something's totally black or if something's like quote whitewashed and so bright that you're like kind of having to close your eyes, you can't see any definition. If you're in total darkness, you can't see any definition. So this is sort of like also an interesting sort of metaphysical or psychological thing, which is the two extremes are always you can't really, it's hard to live in two extremes. Mm-hmm. Something is absorbing all the light, then it's black mm. and you won't see total black absorbs all the light mm. and white reflects all the colors. It reflects all the light. The white color can be so bright that it can be blinding mm-hmm. depending on how bright the light is. And yeah, those are really hard places to sort of hang out. If we're just talking about black and white. You blend those together, you get different varying values or shades of mm. black or of white. That's an easier place to be. So for sure, there's this spectrum of black and white. And then you can add color to that. And then you get different shades of all the other colors. You add different colors to colors. And then you start to get just not just red, that's one color, but then you start to get, you know, red that's more of a brown or that's mm. more of whatever other color. So it's, it's, yeah. you know, color theory is something that is no end of fun, especially even me as a colorblind person, I have, I rely on color theory to help me know like what colors are on the, my painting and mm-hmm. what I'm doing in my graphic design program. And, you know, if I have to understand color theory really well, cause I have to know and deconstruct what the colors mm. are. Yeah. So it's a really fun thing to do. But when we're talking about gray magic, like the value of something is mm. the grayness or the darker lightness of something is a really important component to the color and how those objects sort of like show up mm-hmm. as a dark orange or a lighter orange and how much of that sort of quote gray is in there. 
Yeah, exactly. Or surrounding it with gray to really make that one bit of color pop. Right. It's also interesting. I think about how gray can sometimes emulate a color. Like mm. you, you mentioned pink before. And I think about how certain colors of pink and gray can look like the same color, I, it, especially to me, because mm. I don't see the red in the pink. There's certain colors of pink and gray that look just the same. So I can make the sidewalk look pink to me because it's the same color as a certain, the sidewalks are the same color as a certain mm. uh, bubblegum pink. And so it's really fun to do that and to make my world sort of psychedelic colors because of that. And it's um, really interesting that even to regular color seeing people, that you get a certain value of gray and that certain same value of pink and they're mm. just too similar and it's really annoying. Yes. So here's a very interesting uh, kind of reflection and tip for any makers out there because um, just like, like you said, because so many colors, even if it's a gray and a color, when you're looking at it, it looks like different colors. But if you were to look at both of them in their gray scale, they could be exactly the same color. So this is a very important thing to know when you're doing things like color work, um, because pairing a light gray with your light pink in this very detailed thing that you've just spent like 100 hours making um, is going to be very upsetting that you can't see any of the fine detail because they're not contrasting enough colors. So um, a professional tip hack <laughs> is uh, if you're ever looking to do something like that and you really want to make sure that your color work is going to be very three-dimensional with the contrasting, like we were just saying in the value, um, lay all the colors out that you're looking at first and take a grayscale picture of them to remove the quote color and really see their gray values. And that will help you assess which colors will offer your greatest value. Before we had easy access to phones mm. where you could just then remove the saturation mm. in the settings, you would ask your colorblind husband or a colorblind friend to do that. So when I was taking painting classes and getting my art degree mm. was before I, before phones had cameras and yeah. I was super I didn't realize this, but one of the coolest things was, oh, Jim is colorblind. Everyone, we are going to have Jim help us match colors. Ooh. And so I was actually an asset to my painting class because as a colorblind person, I would help people understand, well, well, in that color, you need more blue or you need more yellow because mm. I could identify immediately what was missing from that because my colorblindness really helped. These days, people can use their phones and reduce the color value and use technology. So I have become obsolete. Oh, but no. <laughs> You're much still, more expensive. <laughs> I know, far more expensive. But it was really cool to be like, wow, the thing that has always been a seen as like a disability my whole life was actually a strength. You know, yes. once my professor was like, oh, my God, this is awesome. So, oh. yeah, it's mm. and it's really true. Taking a photo of your yarn. Did you know? The Adams Family. Did you know this about the Adams Family set? Do you remember the Adams Family? Yeah. They had that really creepy house mm -hmm. with like the stairs that went up. And that's where I forget who lived under the, the stairs. monster thing, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that whole set, if you see what the set looks like in color, it was pink. The entire set of the Adams oh. Family, Google it, was Because it was all in black and white, right? Pink because it was filmed in black and white. Mm. 
the actual set was pink because that's the color that showed up the best in a black and white. And when you see actual color photos of the Adams family set, it is Pepto-Bismol and ridiculous. I can't imagine what it would have been like filming on that to be like so like drab and Adam's family yeah. in yeah. pink. And, and, it, and you walk in and the set is like super pink. Wow. Hey yeah. guys. Welcome to Mockingbird Lane. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. So Very there's an example of they turned it gray to be all goth. And I mean, it was black and white TV, but right. like. Hmm. Leaning in. Yeah. Well, gosh. Okay. So gray magic, something that is uh, about as undefined as the color gray itself. So (laughs) if you have your own definitions of gray magic or anything in this topic, please, please drop us an email, ninaspillpodcast at gmail.com. I'm very interested to know more. Did it make you mad? Did it? (laughs) I want to know. Yeah. Did it make you blow steam out of your ears? Mm-hmm. Did it yep. make you uh, blow some smoke, blow oh, some great smoke and yes. send us a line? We want to yes. know. Yes. We want yeah. your your wisdom, please. So, mm-hmm. yeah. so what do you got going on? It's uh, March 16th. So many things going on. No, I don't. I don't have anything. It's not that exciting. <laughs> <laughs> well, to find out, to find out what is coming up. Sign up for Katie's email list at lightfromlantern.com so that you never miss a special or an announcement or cool stuff that she might just think up tomorrow and let you know about on Friday. Not that that's coming, although hint, hint, it might be. That's how will you know if you're not on the list, right? right. Yeah, same. Uh, Make sure to hop over to thedivinehand.com because Jim is still offering both uh, palm and tarot readings on top of having his wonderful newsletter available for sign up as well. In May, we'll be in Dallas for the International Divination Event, or also known as TIDE, T I D E. So that's in May. So mm-hmm. it's March, but that's coming up pretty quick. So I really recommend you get to TIDE and register in Dallas for the International Divination Event. Madam Pamita and I are going to be doing Studio 78, which is a <laughs> disco-themed tarot dance party. It is off the chain. You will <sighs> love it. Do not miss that event. It is going to be so much fun. The entire event is going to be outrageously fun. There are phenomenal speakers. The keynotes are are incredible. Yeah, that's going to be one of the best events. Fly down with me, Katie. You'll love it. I want to, and I want to wear like a um, high priestess ball gown mm-hmm. or something. Done. Yes. Oh. Yeah, do it. All right. Do it. Sounds, okay. Sounds wonderful. Well, Meet us there, everybody. <laughs> I have cards ready. All right. We want to do a tarot card for this week. Yes. Let's pull one. What advice? So this is things? one of my favorite decks. You know, we've done this before, right? <gasps> yes. This might hurt. <laughs> Um, I really recommend that everyone get a hold of that deck because it is just an amazing, amazing indie deck. Okay, ready? Ready. Don't know what this is, but let's find out. Ooh, it's the Ace of Cups. What What do you got? What new emotional beginnings are we going to be having this week? Something new, something that's going to offer something that will refill your cup. Look at that dove up there holding that little bow there. Mm. I think that this is also about peace 
reflect on what it takes mm. to initiate peace. And if peace can't be found out there in the world, how do you initiate peace inside? Mm. And how can you be a stand for that in a world of turmoil or not? Um, how can this be a reminder that when we initiate something with emotion, mm. can that dove remind us that that can bring peace within? Very beautiful. Thanks for letting us give you a little divinatory moment at the end of Nita's spell. Yes, it's always our pleasure. All right, Jim. Well, until next week, this is another fun one, and I look forward to it. Awesome. See you next time. Thanks for listening, everybody. And don't forget, new episodes of Knit a Spell are conjured every Wednesday. Learn more at knitaspell.com and follow our Instagram page at knitaspell. If you have a quick second to support the show, feel free to drop us a review on iTunes or share this with a friend. Jim and I appreciate your support and look forward to seeing you next week.